an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Urban Outfitters, Sephora, and Nike. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1022. Hey, New York, I'm gonna be in your town. October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday of the week that this is posting. Uh, at Caroline's, one show Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Go to carolines.com for tickets. Uh, I hope to see you there. Bring a pop toy or something. I'll sign it. Uh, all right. Uh, if you want to have your event or thing posted to the ID10T community corkboard, you can email events at ID10T.com. Like Mike Bona, who writes, I'm very excited about an upcoming comedy show that I'm producing on October 20th at Boomtown Brewery in Los Angeles. We'll be hosting our fourth annual Laughs for Giraffes comedy show. This event will be raising funds for the Giraffe Conservation Foundation to help protect wild giraffe populations. Their populations have declined by 40% in the past 30 years, and they hope to put an end to their decline. This year, we're also supporting African Pangolin Working Group to protect wild pangolin, which are the most trafficked mammal on the planet. Please come out to see this amazing show featuring uh, Christina Patsitsky, Kurt Braunohler, John Doerr, Kyle Kinane, James Domino, and more. That is a hell of a lineup. Um, also, by the way, pangolins are super cool. And if you don't know what they are, you should look them up because they are rad, rad, rad little creatures. Um, they're like, uh, like armor-plated uh, anteaters, basically. And they look really neat. I, you know, occasionally I'll think about, oh, I'm going to get a tattoo. And then I don't because I can't imagine that I would want anything on my body for the rest of my life and not go, why did I do this? Um, and I've often thought like a pangolin, a pangolin would be a really rad uh, tattoo to get because they're just so intricate looking. Uh, anyway, go out and see the amazing show, Laughs for Giraffes, Ticket Links, Los Angeles. A-A-Z-K dot org or on Twitter at laughs, the number four and giraffes. Jay writes, I thought some of my fellow listeners might enjoy a web series, Cooking for Villains. It's a cooking show where we use the tropes of comic book and sci-fi villainy for culinary purposes, like enhanced pancake flipping with Doc Ock style tentacles and doubling meatball output with a cybernetic organism. It's a totally DIY production. Every five-minute episode takes a couple of months to create. This project is very much a labor of love that combines several of my biggest passions. I'm going to continue to make it regardless, but getting a few more eyeballs on something you've worked hard on is also nice. It is all at cookingforvillains.com. That's F-O-R, this time spelling out for, or you can just search Cooking for Villains on YouTube. Great job, Jay. Uh, Mike and Jay, ladies and gentlemen. And now... Um, this episode is Joaquin Phoenix, who is promoting Joker, which is in theaters October 4th, and you should go see it. Um, he, he was great. You know, I just, I don't know, we just kind of shot the shit, and he's really funny. Just a really fun, funny guy. Uh, again, didn't know what to expect, never met him, and I was uh, just delighted. So uh, we had a really, 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 really great time, and I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode uh, as much as I enjoyed being there for it. Uh, we recorded it a couple weeks ago um, at the Four Seasons Hotel in Los Angeles. Well, you know, sometimes I can get people to come out to uh, the house or uh, Pinniped, which is what I call the place where the podcast studio is, 
because the first owner was a SEAL trainer. And so I renamed it Pinniped Manor. So sometimes I get people to come out to Pinniped, but if they're doing a press junk or whatever and they, they agree to kind of squeeze it in, then we typically will go to the Four Seasons. So we were at the luxurious Four Seasons in Beverly Hills, California, for this episode number 1022 of the ID10T podcast with Joaquin Phoenix. Roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol. It's interesting, like especially with this movie, because I don't I don't read reviews and I don't read yeah um, any pieces that are like written about the movie, so I don't really know what people think. And I'm not sure I do now because maybe they're all lying to me. I don't know. No, but, I'm sure. Uh, but you know, you start to get a sense at like how how everyone seems to react to this movie differently, and so that's interesting. I mean, that I think has kept it. Lively in some ways. What's been the sort of prevalent? Like, what are what are the what have they been saying all day? Like, what kind of from judging by the questions and what you're getting hit with? What are the what are you gleaning from that? Um, I mean, I don't know. To be honest, most of the questions are like about dieting. Uh, um, sure, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, What's like the that. Joker's fitness regime? Well. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that is kind of funny that that's one of the things. I mean, does that bother you? Because you're like, well, yes, that's part of it, but a lot of other things went in other than the diet process. You know what? I mean, honestly, I, I, um, I can kind of I can get talking about almost anything and think that it's it's interesting because I'm self obsessed. <laughs> you were in the really, right business. That's really interesting. <laughs> My goodness, that's interesting. No, but like stuff like the 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 dieting. It, it, it ends up it's not just a, 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 a physical thing it, it affects your emotional mental state and it yeah. changes the way that I move and it suddenly made me aware of my body in a different way and that affected kind of the, the the movement of the character and the dance so it's not just this kind of oh the actor lost weight for for the movie um it it, it is something more to me so as soon as i start like talking about it i remember all this shit and i go like oh, yeah that was fucking wild i hadn't really expected to, to do that i didn't know that was gonna be part of this character yeah um but it started to emerge based on the weight loss so we got the weight loss question out of the quick <laughs> Way. You know, Arthur so, would have been fine if you uh, just had more vegetables and had a more balanced diet. He probably would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did see the movie tonight, and it's fucking amazing. And it, the, but the thing that I want people to understand about it, there's no superhero element to it at all. You're basically, you come in with, you understand the foundation, you know who the character becomes, you know, like you have all this back knowledge. And so it's really interesting because you're, you're really just watching a poor dude unravel over over time and it a friend of mine who i think you talked to yesterday named tiffany smith i talked to her afterwards and she goes this movie makes me want to be nicer to people Mm -hmm. in public i think she said that to me yeah Mm -hmm. yeah do you agree i think it's more complex than that uh i think that's maybe uh, i i here's the thing Whatever your reaction is, is valid. And I think it says something about you. And I think that's what's nice about the movie, right? It's not didactic. It's not telling you what you're supposed to feel or the reaction you're supposed to have towards the character. Um, I think that's really rare for most movies, um, but certainly for something that might be considered the superhero genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, think that that's, I think that that's valid. But for me, it's much more complex than Sure, than sure, that. sure. I mean, it, it. The one thing that I was really trying because you're pr- pretty much in every scene of the movie. My apologies. No, it's great, but it, but it also, I also feel empathy for you as a person because it. You are essentially all day, every day. How what, what was your shoot schedule? How long? I can't. Remember. It was probably months. You were working on this. Several months. So. How are you 
do you just have to live in that space? Are you good at like, okay, I'm home from work now, I've punched a clock, or do you do you have to unwind and detox emotionally? Hopefully, the, you don't know the difference. Hopefully, that there's not. I think if if you're able to identify yourself and the character, then you're probably not in the right place. Right. Um, but I wouldn't. I don't know what method acting is. I don't. I don't understand this. Um, so I, I. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I wouldn't make any effort when I got home to try and shake things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think about it that way. I just go home and start prepping for the next day in the week ahead. Um, but I never felt. The, the, I never felt like um, I need to let something go or. In fact, I just wanted to to work more. I mean, I was mm-hmm. so frustrated. Like the weekends were the absolute worst time for me. Um, I couldn't stand it. Uh, like two days off, and I go, "What the fuck do you do?" Um, so you know, for me, really, every day we'd wrap. This isn't really is an exaggeration. I would go home. Sometimes I would look at some of the dailies from the previous work, and then I would call Todd. Um, at first, we would text for a couple hours until we finally realized we just have to talk because yeah. we're going back and forth. And then we would talk for an hour or two hours about what we're shooting uh, in the next week, what we already shot, what seems like it's working, what isn't, what we might want to try. Um, and then we would go to set, and I would get to set early, um, you know, sometimes two hours early. The last three weeks I think that we were on set two hours earlier than our call every day and we would meet in our trailer and talk about the day yeah um so I like I I just wanted to to be working all the time I think that's it's really interesting to hear that you were watching dailies because I know I know a lot of performers who are like I don't want to I don't want my performance influenced by what you know like they don't want it to get in their way of judging themselves, mm-hmm. and so it's. But to hear, I've never done it. I'd, I'd never done it before. Maybe you know, twenty five years ago, I yeah. saw dailies. Um, I've never watched the monitor, and uh, and Todd was just one day. He was like, I didn't even want to look at. He he said, just look at this shot and look at the stuntman doing this this shot. Um, I just want you to see what it looks like, and I didn't want to look at it. Um, and then he was like, "It's wide enough where we can get the stunt the stunt guy to do this shot of you kicking the garbage." And I went, "Come on, man, I got this. <laughs> can kick some garbage. Yeah, I got it." <laughs> and I kicked the garbage and like tore with some ligament or something. <laughs> like instantly, it's in the movie. You see me like sit down, yeah, like I kick the garbage and I sit down. It's because I just was like, I had this horrible shooting pain through my body. And I immediately sat down and I couldn't, I couldn't shoot. I couldn't do another take. At um, least they used it, though. If you're going to injure yourself, at least it got used. That's right. And so, he, so then when that happened, he said, look, can, will you please watch the monitor? Because I want to show you that, you know, Izzy is a genius stunt, stunt guy. He worked um, playing my character. And I said, fine. I watched it. And then a couple of days later... I looked at another wide shot, and then I started looking at some of the the, the takes on the monitor, um, which I'd never done before. And uh, I had always had that fear, like it's going to start influencing me in the character, and I won't be able to stay inside of it because mm-hmm. I'll be thinking about it objectively. And um, and, and then there's a point where I started watching dailies. And first, just like some selects, and and then I I, I started watching it, and, and uh, it was strange. I, I thought it was I thought it was helpful. And is it something you think you're going to do from now on, or was it just know. specific to this? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, every movie is different, and I never would have anticipated that's something I would do for any movie. But it just was right for this one. Yeah, and I love hearing that. I love hearing about the work that you put into it because I do think people like you know people like to romanticize this idea of like oh man you know you're performer you just get struck with inspiration you just kind of breeze in you let the moment take but hearing about how much work goes into it to make because you don't see all the you don't see all the work it seems seamless when you're watching it mm-hmm. and 
I love the idea of the craft of it rather than just like, oh, the clouds open up and it's so like hippy dippy. Well, to me, it's both things. Um, I have uh, I have that experience as well, but uh, I think um, like it requires a lot of work to get to a place where you can be open to inspiration. Um, it, it, I don't really understand the the process. Um, I've never figured it out. I don't have like a set way of working, and I yeah. think that you can't because you're working with a different filmmaker, and uh, it changes each time. But uh, on this, I think we we went through the script, Todd and I, a lot together, reading through the entire script and working on things and talking about possibilities of ways to play each scene. Um, but really, the there's a point where we started to identify what we thought might be like the motivation for the character in a particular scene, um, and. The moment we did that, it just like sucked the life out of the scene, <laughs> and it just became dead. And um, I think we realized like we need to have a lot of possibilities that we can rely on if we need if if we need it. Um, but we need to go in and be open to whatever kind of whatever kind of feeling uh, overtakes us in, in, in that moment. Um, and it, it was a really interesting way of working, but it seemed like that's what the character demanded, really, mm-hmm. because I don't think he fucking knows um, what he's going to do from one moment to the next. Right. It seemed like if we had decided that in advance, it just wouldn't work. And, you know, I think there were a couple times, remember shooting a, shooting a scene um, where he, he gets the gun for the first time and he stands up and he starts dancing with his shirt off and kind of has this fantasy about talking to this girl in a club while he's dancing and this feeling of empowerment. And um, I think we didn't know that we were going to do that. Um, and so we did the first take, and Ty goes, uh, well, that's fine, except that uh, we're looking at the ceiling and all the flags because the camera doesn't know that, <laughs> that we're, we're going that way. And so then we were like, because yeah, we talked about these possibilities, but I didn't know that I was going to stand up there. And, then, and I think that just... I think hopefully that gives it some kind of energy that's hard to yeah. to capture, like unless you're actually experiencing it. Yeah, I mean, because the movie is, I guess I would call it the dystopian '70s. It's mm-hmm. sort of this kind of, you know, it's Gotham at its low point, mm-hmm. basically. But obviously, I'm I'm sure other people probably brought this up, but there is the sort of parallels between like, is this where our culture is at right now? You know, this sort of dissatisfaction, this general dissatisfaction and sort of polarized, um, disparate class structures and people just wanting some kind of change for, you know, for the for the common man. I mean, does it feel a little does does any of it feel like sort of a, a commentary on contemporary culture? Um, it does to me, but but I again I think there are some people that are going to view this as just a movie that seems like entertaining about mm-hmm. this character that they know of and they're going to enjoy it. And there are other people that are going to read into it and feel like there's a deeper meaning and commentary. Yeah, and both those points of view are are value, valid. Sure. Um, and so I, I always struggle when I'm doing press with how to talk about it because for me. I don't like watching trailers or reading about a movie before I see it. Right. I don't want your opinion to influence me. I mean, right. To me, it kind of defeats the purpose of it. Right. You know? so for me, what I enjoy about it is projecting my own feelings yeah. onto the character. Um, so I always struggle with like how to talk about it, and especially this one, which I think you know, it's almost like a Rorschach test for the audience. It's kind of like what you want it to be, it yeah. can be. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that... I agree with what you're saying, and and I I understand that, but I think it's to be something different for for everybody else. I think that's a perfect answer for that, and I also I always struggle too, just on this side of it. You know, when studios, I mean, I really wanted to see this movie. There are a lot of movies where people go, "Well, you know, like we're yeah, we're not really going to do the podcast unless you see the movie first. And it's like, yeah, but we can't really talk about you can't really talk about it too much because you right. can't spoil anything. You don't want right. to give anything away, and all the questions that you would have. After seeing someone, it's not like I can specifically say, 
oh, and the scene with the girl from down the hall, da, 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 because then people are going to go, well, fuck, I didn't want to know that yet, you know? You want to leave it open to interpretation. I know, or like the scene with Aquaman, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. When he comes in on the porpoise over the building, it's like, what a Uh, fucking great... such an amazing moment, Yeah, yeah. and you don't want to ruin that for people. No, no, and then when he kills the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, like, the dolphin just went right through. Right. I thought it was a really good integration of all those things. Right. So, uh, I think people are just going to love it. I think people are going to love it. And when Joker dies at the end, what a great way to end the movie. Right? The only yeah, way to end the, the movie. The only way but to you end... wouldn't want to ruin that no, for people. No, no, no. Like, you don't so want that to happen. It's nice that... That just... they're going to get to experience it for exactly. themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. But uh, but it is... Especially in, a, especially in a culture where spoilers are like really socially on the level of what used to just be reserved for like... Crime. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so now it just, like, people really... And I do I do think it's because we... Because I don't remember it being like that when we were growing up. Did you have, like, super spoiler rage when we were growing up? No, but um, it was it, it was hard to spoil things at, at that time in the Dark Ages when yeah. we grew up. <laughs> uh, in the 1900s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was difficult, right? I think I think it's different now, probably because yeah. of this new technology. Sure, 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 sure. But I also think that you know people, it's this weird kind of self fulfilling, self propagating machine of like you know we want to be distracted all the time, and but we can't really process all the information. Where and so we're just looking for little moments to get some kind of an endorphin rush, and it's like. Oh, seeing mm. a surprising thing in a movie is like our—it's like a drug now, you know, where you just you want to experience it. And if someone blows it, they've taken something away from you—a mo- a morsel of joy. Yeah, I mean, I I did actually beat up my sister because she told me the <laughs> ending of a movie. What movie? This was just last week, actually. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I don't uh, I, I don't understand that. But now spoilers are are it's 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 a it's a big thing, right? Because it, it used to be that the people that had access to the movie in advance were uh, I don't know journalists. Sure. Um, as they probably had a relationship with the studio, or the company right. that made the movie, and they go, obviously, we're not going to spoil this, and then you got to get to yeah. them. Now, all sorts of people have access to it and they don't give a fuck and right. they just kind of put it out there, right? So yeah. it's probably changed a, a bit, right? As it has, kind of yeah. But I it. also, I guess it's probably because people had seen the movie before. But when I saw the screening the other night uh, at the Dolby Theater, I was expecting them to be like, lock your phone in a bag. And they didn't. Because like, they just, everyone was allowed to like just have Just their film phone. it. Film <laughs> it. Put it online. They're like, absolutely, just film it. Put it online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I streamed it on Twitch. People <laughs> loved it, by the way. It was, it was really great. No, but it, but it, but that level of 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 protection, you know, that we've really commodified the element of surprise mm. now in our culture. Mm. Do you just do you go see movies, or do you do you kind of watch? Do you just go to the movies ever? I do just go to the movies ever. That's um, great to hear. Yeah, I do. Um, but uh, I can't remember the last one I saw. I do. I'm not going to say. Yeah, you, you know what? It's better to you know. It's because if you do, then people it's a spoiler. Are, it well, not you know, only is not only is it a spoiler, but don't you don't you kind of feel the pressure sometimes of like every time you like if you take a side on something or say something, and it's like oh god, then it's just like what you know, just being judged over stupid things. Does that stress you out at all? I don't know, but. I'm not on... That sounds like something that's a result of being on social media. Like, yeah. I wouldn't know how that would happen. Maybe right. it does happen. Right. You know, but I'm just not aware of it. Yeah. You're, you've made the right decision, by the way. And you don't need to be on social media. Yeah. I I don't think I do. Did it ever tantalize you in any way? No. <laughs> no. Not at all. Uh, not at all. But I didn't... Trying to think of what the first, I think like Twitter was maybe the first thing that that I was that is what it's called right that is what it's okay, called good. still called Twitter because you said yet. Twitch and I said I don't know what the fuck that is oh it's a it's a live streaming platform for mainly for gamers but you know people they put a bunch of Bob Ross episodes on Twitch once you know it's like they just right. stream content to it yeah so I I can't, I can't remember I think it was Twitter I was like you know where are you and what are you doing it's kind of like the basis of what of what you were saying I you know like. 
well, I don't want anyone to know where I am. <laughs> and what I'm doing is so fucking boring that why would I share that with anybody? Because it just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it um, is sort of the... Social media is really the tabloiding of our culture, where it's like, you used to just be tabloids. Now everyone's a fucking tabloid. Right, yeah. And it's also a weird, a weird addiction, too. And so it... Do you feel like... Do you play games or anything? Is there anything you... No? No. Do you live... Uh, do you live old-timey style? Are you a human style? being? Are you human? Are, do you are, breathe oxygen? Do you process food? But I mean, do you... Did you make the active choice to like... Sort of... Not get super sucked into technology? Not get super sucked into all that stuff? Or you're just not No, I, there... There, I, there was a... It was a period of time over the course of a year where I did play this... Uh, I did play a game... Was it called Doom? Is that Doom, yeah, of course, yeah. Is that, uh, is yeah, that right? like a first-person shooter you're yes. going through. A, yeah. yeah. And um, I think I lost an entire year just, like, <laughs> in, in a room. Uh, and then, like, I got my friend hooked on it. Um, and then I think at one point I saw how bad off he was and what I'd, <laughs> what, what I'd done to him. <laughs> and I went, oh, fuck. And I just... Sorry. Oh no! You know what? It wasn't. It wasn't doing wrong. It was called City of Heroes. Okay. Do you remember that game? Did you ever play that game? I don't know if I played that. So you, you, there were City of Heroes, and then there were City of Villains, and you created a character, and as you gained experience, yeah. uh, you became more powerful, and you yeah. could get new kind of um, qualities, or you know, you could have flying power, yeah. or like lightning, or whatever. Um, and so there's a point where you get to like level 45 and you're kind of an unbelievable badass, right? Yeah. Rolling through the city. And, uh, and I remember I saw my, you know, I walked in the room and my friend was just like hunched <laughs> over the computer, just like staring <laughs> off, twitching. And I went, oh no. And I went up and I, on my own computer, I pressed delete on my character. That's a it, very bold thing to do. It out. Oh God, it was that hurts the me. only way. And I... <laughs> It was tough. There were a few days where I can't believe I did that. I worked so hard to create that character. But it was the only way to save myself. Yep. And then since then, I've never done anything like that again. That's really smart. That's a very hard thing to do because what a lot of gamers will do is go, Oh my god, I can't believe I spent all this time doing that. But rather than really sit with that, I'm just going to play more to distract myself from feeling (laughs) about how weird it is. That makes sense also. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all. Not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. How do, do, you, have, do you distract yourself, or are you good sort of being alone? Are you good kind of just being with yourself? I'm good being with myself. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, no, I, I, I like daydreaming, so maybe that's a distraction. Yeah. But I, I think a lot about nothing important. Yeah. And nothing of value. But, um, but I daydream a, lot, uh, daydream a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm very comfortable being alone. Do you write? Do you journal or anything? Do you keep it any kind of... I don't. I'm, you couldn't read my writing. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't read my writing. That's why I don't do it. I tried it before. I look back and said, the three months of things, I have no idea what I said. <laughs> So, uh, that. but I, I don't, and I'm a terrible writer. You think so? Yeah, awful. Why? Why? What makes you think that? I, I don't know because the few sentences that I could read were just awful. You just didn't it like didn't them. Make, it didn't make any sense. So, so you don't have any. You don't have about. any desire to be a writer. No desire to do. I, I wish I could actually, but I but I can't. Yeah, it's just, it's just not happening. 
Do you, uh, what's sort of your process for, I mean, do you just hang out? Do you, is there any, do you have a hobby? Like, what do you like to do? Like, what do you do? Because you, it feels like you will take, you know, breaks between stuff instead of just, I'm going to do 10 movies a year. So is it, is it just kind of disconnecting and going away and traveling or do you just like to sit? I don't and, travel much. No? Um, no, I mean, for, for me, being home is a vacation, right? Because usually when I work, it's away from home. Yeah. Um, so I'm usually eager to, eager to get back home. Um, but, you know, I do a bunch of stupid shit. <laughs> I mean, nothing, nothing like exciting, but it's just like my life. And it's one of the few things that I, that I have that, that isn't, you know, public. That's good. Um, but, you know, not exciting. That's, and I feel like that's so, you know, being a couple gents in their 40s. I embrace the boring stuff, and I love being in pajamas at like six thirty. There's nothing more that, fun than just that's like embarrassing. <laughs> I'm I'm in it at like five forty five, three in the afternoon. The moment that I can, I'm I'm in it. By the way, for the record, I'm thirty three. <clears throat> and I'm 29. Okay. I just meant someday when we are in our 40s. You don't look great. I gotta be honest. Well, I just I got you know you... dragged. A, I, I I I lived at the beach for a while and uh, ate a lot of sand. <laughs> and it didn't sunscreen. You know, I didn't use sunscreen. And uh, yeah, it's it is it, it, it is really important to kind of keep those um, spaces for yourself because I feel like it. There's so much about our culture that just wants every piece of things to consume them, every piece of a person. And I think you, having been an actor from such a young age, you probably, I'm assuming that's where you sort of learned, like, okay, I'm going to keep some peace for myself and not, you know, not get sucked in by all this stuff. I guess. I don't know. I mean, um, now we're making a big deal out of it. And I'm going, like, it's not really that big of a deal. I just, just thought I wouldn't talk about um you know, going to cryotherapy. Um, <laughs> um, on La Cienega Boulevard, just across from Real Food Daily. Like, maybe some things I want to keep to myself. I'm in there for three minutes, precisely. Uh, my favorite song. So, um, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's just stupid shit like that, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, hang out with your friends. Um, I don't have friends. That's such a lie. Yeah, there's probably a couple friends in there. You listen. That one guy you ruined his life. He's probably still playing City of Heroes. No, probably. She's got to rescue him. Alone. It's that poor son of a bitch. Yeah. Can I ask you about two things you did in the '80s that I love? Is mm. that okay? Mm. Uh, Parenthood's one of my favorite movies. I think it's a beautiful film. Do you remember much about it? Did you enjoy it? Was it a weird? Uh I did. So here's what's the thing that sucks most about being a child actor. Like working as a child is is amazing. It's the most exciting kind of experience that you, you've had. And just being around all the different technicians and the camera, it's just endless. How yeah. inspiring and exciting it is. But then you have to log in school, uh, um, and so that's brutal. So you will get a break from set where you're not working. Um, and everybody else kind of goes off to the trailers and they hang out and they go to craft service and they talk and you have to go to the trailer and like sit with um, the teacher and like mm-hmm. log hours. So I remember doing that and being very angry about it. <laughs> um, but it was, it was actually, um, what I remember is I remember get, doing the first costume fitting and uh, it was suggested that I wear this um, denim jacket that had a, a lot of pins on, on it. Yep. Um, and I remember feeling like that's not, uh, that's not who who he who he is. I don't know. I was fourteen years old or fifteen years old, um, and I was really bothered by the fact that somebody was telling me what I was supposed to do with what I thought were my clothes, mm-hmm. and it didn't make sense to me. And I was really intimidated to talk to Ron Howard, the director, um, just because I knew him from TV and I was scared and I didn't know if it was my place. Um, I remember finally just being so kind of like overwhelmed and and angry that somebody was telling me that that's what I had to wear, that I finally went up and I said, Ron, I'm going to talk to you. And um, I just, I don't know if I would wear these pins on the jacket. 
And he's like, oh, well, but you shouldn't do that then. And I was like, what? He said, well, no, I mean, if that's what you don't feel is, is right, well, let's, talk, let's talk about it. And, uh, and I, couldn't, I couldn't believe that. And then suddenly I got so excited about, like, this idea that um, it was a, sounds fucking cliche and stupid, but a blank canvas. And, and suddenly I could kind of um, infuse my own ideas of who I thought this kid was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it ended up being, like, this really... Um, this amazing moment for, for me of like working with this director that was this really successful director and he was famous. I knew him, um, but he was so cool and he encouraged me to, to like, um, just infuse my ideas of, of, of what I wanted the the character to be. That's really cool because had that gone a completely different way, fired. Yeah. Yeah, then you, you ungrateful shit. You know how lucky you are to be working with Steve Martin. You're gonna come in and talk about fucking pins on your jacket. Get the fuck out of here. That sounds like that sounds that's like a Ron Howard. Done. That's what I would do. Some geek here to make a are you fucking out of your mind. Get out of here. Well, luckily, it's Ron Howard, and he was cool, and he was he was an actor, and he probably understood what that was like, right? You know, and and uh, and he really encouraged encouraged me to do that. And um, created a monster. Well, he also he also probably understood that as kids, especially at that age, like 14, 15, can be very delicate. And if you shoot them down and don't at least listen to them, mm-hmm. then those are very pivotal moments in their development. Mm-hmm. And that could totally fuck a kid up forever. And so he was just, you know, I'm just glad, I'm glad Again, you got the right Something else I would never consider. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but, exactly. But good thing that he's... I don't know. I mean, it... I watch that movie once a year. I just think it's such a beautiful, it's timeless. Nothing about it feels like, oh, this was made in the 80s. Like, it, it's just such a perfect little family story. Mm-hmm. Do you ever you, do you ever go back and watch any of your stuff when you've had some distance from it? Uh, no, I haven't. But um, you want to do that? Like, yeah, let's get we together. Have, like, date night? Yeah, we'll, we'll do cryotherapy. And yeah. then we'll, <laughs> we'll pop uh, over to Real Food and then we'll, no, you know, we'll no, watch Cranhood. I'm not... I'm I'm still in my thirties, thirty three. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, yep. So I imagine like maybe like my mid forties or something. Right, 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 right. Becoming sentimental. There's a little bit of gray. There's a little like thirties. What, what do you mean? I, what? No, no. I just not, mean. Oh no, okay. it's just the trick of the light. Yes. All right, it's the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's called an optical illusion. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's so cool to be millennials, you guys. I, I feel. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I Wait, you can't look me in the eye now. I feel weird. I feel weird. <laughs> It's like Step Brothers. How did it suddenly devolve into Step Brothers? I can't even look you in the eye right now. I can't now. even look you in the eye right now because we are so millennial. I mean, I uh, I like, you know, the getting older thing I think was always freaked me out. And uh, and I love it. I think it feels good. Best time I've ever had. Yeah. The last five years of my life have just been the best. And my, my 30s were great. I loved it. I'd always, I'd always uh, was dreading it growing up, but... Um, just the, the I, I love it time of my life is it because you think you are just more comfortable with yourself now or just because you don't stress because you, you know you're dying and you're like I better <laughs> fucking enjoy this you know you're so cocky when you're young right? you're like everything sucks so stupid but then you're like oh I'm literally dying yeah. and, and I better yeah. start enjoying yeah, this yeah 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 because you know we're time millionaires in our 20s and 30s and yeah. then after that it's like this could be the day man <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah I, I don't I don't really know it is but i i do think that's actually part of it i mean it's in some ways you start becoming aware of your mortality and, and yeah you go like life's fucking amazing it is and maybe yeah and then and then the idea that you know if you used to get tweaked up about like this fucking latte is not you know and you're like i need to be dead so no one's gonna get it doesn't matter who fucking cares you know like nothing is so Nothing is that is that important anymore, right? Except except traffic and bad drivers. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Because for fuck's sake, you, you, you know, you're not going to use your turn signal. Mind. The left yeah. lane is the fast lane. Exactly. Like, the fucking reason people are entering and exiting from the right, so the left lane is fast. Let's move. You can't do sixty in the fast lane. You speed limit sixty five. With you. <laughs> that and texting. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Also, texting in a, during a movie, you're, the light does affect everyone. But other than that. Nothing else is really that big Everything of a deal. Everything else is fine. And we're very calm. Nothing. We're well, also sometimes at restaurants, if you say, "Look, I kind of have a garlic allergy," and then they fucking load shit up with garlic anyway, but that's infuriating. Right. But other than that, there's not that much to really be that 
worked. To be honest, over. I feel like there's a few more, but I don't want to take up. Yeah, this we whole don't want to take up too much time yeah. talking about the list now of that, things. Now that we're talking about, yeah, it yeah, now, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I feel worse now than, than I did before. Good, good, and good. Get angry. Think, Do and something. I'm angry about my forties. <laughs> I'm angry about dying, and it's all over. And this is a fucking catastrophe. <laughs> so nothing except this particular podcast is worth getting worked up over. It's right. the, the traffic and the movies right. and the food thing and then that and the dying and then also this podcast. Right. I love that it's the traffic and the movies and then the dying. And then the dying. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I think that should be number one. No, I, I like it fourth. I like it fourth. Yeah. For um, me. I think Seinfeld had a joke about that. I'm not going to tell the joke because I'll fuck it up. <laughs> but that people's number one fear was speaking in public. Yep. And the second greatest fear was dying. Yeah. Well, I understand that because when people speak in public, there's a no one wants to be embarrassed. No one wants to have other people point at them and go, you're dumb. And there's that feeling of dread. Then there's also like dying is just like it. There's no, you know, unless it's a lengthy process. You're not aware that you've done it wrong. Yeah, exactly. So nobody can criticize yeah. you for dying in yeah, the wrong exactly. way. Yeah, you can't fuck that up. It's just, it is what it is. Right. No right. one's gonna, you know, no one's gonna, and unless it's like a hold my beer moment. You're like, hold my beer. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get a selfie with this alligator, you know. <laughs> then, yes, then you should be shamed. But <laughs> other than that, yeah. you're right. There's no real long way to do it. Do you like, are you, can you, are you a public speaker at all? Do you like doing no. public stuff? <laughs> no, it's terrifying. <laughs> I, I, um, I go into fight or flight. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I just shut down. I don't know what it is. And do you think if, do you trick yourself into like, well, I'm going to be a character of someone who likes getting, like, is there, do you have any, any ways that you get around it? I try that once and then I turn to myself and went, oh, yeah, you're fucking mad. You <laughs> play a character that enjoys this. <laughs> so then we had that conversation. You with um, you and the character? Yeah. Um, but no, there's, there's really, there's, there's no way around it. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah. Is there anything else that you enjoy doing that you want to try? I mean, do you want to do you want to direct? Do you want to do more? Do you want to produce a bunch of stuff or are you pretty happy just kind of focusing on one thing at a time? Um I don't know. Do you live like kind of in the moment? Do you just sort of moment to moment kind of person? Well, I don't know, like are you going to mock me? No. Well, I don't know. Before you said this thing about oh, hippy dippy and people doing the things, I don't know. I better not say that. No, thing. say no. it. Um, this is the friendliest. What safest. do you mean? I mean, you you do both things. I mean, you you fantasize about the future. You have goals, and and then you have no choice but to to just live in the moment. But some people really are, and I've talked to a lot of people. Some a, a lot of people really kind of favor one or the other some people really just go you know i just kind of like to go where the you know wherever i'm going for that day and then other people like to sort of meticulously try to control the outcome and control the outcome and i gave up on that yeah yeah i gave up on that one yeah 
Yeah. Do you ever read any Stoic philosophy? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's great, though. It is good. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, but um, I never learned to read. Oh, gosh, this is really embarrassing. I'm so sorry. No, that's all right. I'm comfortable with it. This would explain the writing problem. <laughs> that's what it is. All these years. Yeah, oh, fuck, I'm it. illiterate. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Yeah. This entire time. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry. Listen, when and we go to date night, we're going to watch the movie. Right. And then I'm just going to bring a... We'll, 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 get some, we'll get some coloring books and we'll get some alphabet books. It'll be fun. You'll have a good time. You have a really good time. I mean, I tried that when I was younger and it didn't work out well, so I don't know if it's going to work out this time. But, as a, you know, as a grown man of 33, <laughs> yeah. I really do believe. Uh, you think that it's necessary? I, I feel like maybe, although you've managed to do a pretty good job with that at all right? this time. That's yeah. what I think. You know what no one stands up for is illiteracy. Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to do a PSA. <laughs> Kids, it's smoking pit. Don't read. I didn't. Things are great. <laughs> Exactly. It can't get much better. As a matter of fact, think of how many things. If I could read, I might have gone on the internet and been discouraged. That's a great point. I'm telling you, not yeah. enough people are standing up for Figure a literacy. It out. We're figuring it out. <laughs> Making the world a better place right here, right now. It's happening. You're welcome. <laughs> do you feel like? Uh, do you feel like you can go out and just kind of live? a normal life and not get pestered and not get bothered do you feel like a part of it yeah that's great usually um it is, it is great uh, i was uh i've been really fortunate because i've managed to continue to work with people that i really admire on on movies that that i i enjoy being a part of um and they never make any money and nobody sees them. And so I get to do the thing that I love, but not have to deal with, like, you know, people, uh, you know, t- trying to take too many pictures or autographs or anything. No one and saw so Gladiator. No perfect. one saw fucking Gladiator. 20 years ago, you know, or sorry, 13 years ago. <laughs> I'm going to say, don't verify that, <laughs> by the way. Don't verify that. IMDb line. Yeah. Um, but but you know but 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 seriously I I, I really in, in, enjoy that and, and I don't know how I feel so fortunate because I I've continued to to be cast in movies that I really want to be a part of yeah um, I don't know how that that happens so I'm just uh, I'm I'm so grateful but so yeah mostly it's it's fine but how do you know I mean it's you you do have a you have a really good track record of of just picking really juicy stuff with great characters that that people enjoy i mean how do you do you have an internal thing is it just like a you know what i think i could really bring something to this or is it you are just kind of a fan of the thing and go i want to be a part of this in some way yeah i never think i can bring something to it um i think usually the 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 deciding factor for me is the filmmaker um, it's really that simple. Yeah. More than the more than the character. Yeah. Um, and so that has has been what's guided me. Thinking a majority of my decisions, and a few decisions when I was younger, I, you know, I, I I didn't approach it in that way. But um, certainly the last ten years, it's just been guided by the filmmaker. And so when when you get something that you look at and you go, "Grow," you know, I'm a fan of this person's work. I want to just kind of sit down with them and see if we if we connect and vibe. And is that sort of the last part of that process? Sure. I mean, sometimes I may not even be familiar with their work, um, <laughs> but but I don't. It's it's really about how, how um, yeah how do we communicate and are we after the same things for um, for this film or sometimes do we disagree, which is really good. Also, I mean, it's one of my favorites. Um, so. So yeah, it 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 really is. It, it's kind of like um, oh, I don't know what's analogous, but um, yeah, it's 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 hard to. It's not a science. It really is just like whether you click with somebody and whether you like them. Yeah, but I, I think that's an interesting point about liking to disagree with people. Does that is that to find compromises and sort of expand your comfort zones, or do you think it just the discourse is healthy and good? Both. I mean, yeah. I, well, I just I feel like, um, you know, I don't know. There's some fucking saying. I can't remember. Some director told me once. He said, you know, work with people that are smarter than you. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I feel like 
if you're agreeing with me, I go like, well, we're in trouble. Because if, like, <laughs> if I have the best idea, then we're fucked. Um, so I think I just, you know, I, I, I like it when you know directors um, disagree with me, and and uh, and and you just start pushing each other. I mean, I think that's the that's the best part of collaboration, right? Sure. You challenge each other. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, you can't. You also have to have a healthy relationship to your ego to be able to do that because most people and I feel like this business uh, enables stuff oh I don't want to upset this person so I'm just going to agree with whatever and then I feel like that's how people can get fucked over it's like oh no one set you know in retrospect they go yeah we really didn't think you should why didn't someone say something before well we didn't want to upset you that would have been helpful though yeah no I don't I don't think you can I don't think a director can do that I mean I think that's that's kind of part of it right they, yeah they have to have a really strong opinion and and i and i think that the you know the actors have a strong opinion too and and um yeah again you just you challenge each other and then hope for the best yeah i find that anyone who can stay have some semblance of feeling normal in you know in what we do is is doing something right and even if it's, you know, like self-deprecate or whatever, whatever it is, I don't know. But if, if it seems like, you know, you managed to be pretty balanced through all the craziness. Yeah, I mean, my my life, um, well, it's affected by the work that, that I do. I mean, just in like, it's paid for my fucking life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but my life doesn't revolve around the entertainment industry. Yeah. And it's, it's not my friends. We've established that I don't have friends. Right. Um, if you did, they wouldn't be. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I have a, I have a great family and, and think that's what my life is. I, you know, I, I will forget. I mean, my life is so completely removed from the entertainment world that, you know, I'm, I'm not filming anything. I've just, I haven't worked for eight months or more than that since we wrapped this this film and so the first time back when when we had to go to venice to start press uh it's just it takes me a couple days to like readjust and remember like oh yes this is something that i do in my life and this Mm -hmm. is part of my life because it's so um distant from every other part of of my life and how i normally live um so that's that it's really interesting. Working, wake up, working, wake up. This time for cryotherapy. Oh my goodness! No, I'm it the was worst. It was great. No, you're not at all. Actually, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. I mean, you. I mean, like, I'm not. Is he fucking with me? I'm not being. No. I'm not. Oh. I'm a very sincere person. I, I, I do. I do default to being snarky sometimes, but I'm also a genuinely, genuinely sincere person. And it was really. I don't know these 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 days where you have to talk all day and then you come in and then you just have to fucking talk to some dude you don't know for an hour about random stuff. It, I don't know. You roll with it really well and I really appreciate it. It was very nice. Well, of it, was you. En- it was enjoyable. I, I left a gift for you guys. Oh my gosh! Thank um, you for chewing yeah. up so much paper. <laughs> so well, it's plastic, which is even worse. <laughs> so I've ingested like quarter pound of plastic here. No, it just makes um, you. It's you know what? It's just making your system immune to whatever is in all of our water, and so you're fine actually. It, it, it is a shame that it's the end of the day because I I do feel like I'm fading and that bums me out because you don't seem like it though because you have like such amazing energy oh my god but I haven't had to do this all day right. you know like right. I got to exercise today and have a late breakfast and you right. know like but I, and I meant that genuinely not like you got green energy oh no I mean, <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing that you great. start analyzing the shit that you say and yeah. it can be interpreted in a number of ways. No, 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 no. You know. I meant that sincerely. I appreciate I that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for your time. And and I'm excited for people to see the movie. Uh, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the year and, you know, get some rest and uh, and manage to keep staying away from social media and video games. Got it. Yeah. Handle. Maybe I'll see you next year for your 34th birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice meeting you. That was ID10T podcast number 1022 with Joaquin Phoenix. And uh, today's word salad wrap. You know, I've actually been thinking about the name word salad wrap. I, I liked it initially because it was intentionally clunky. But I wonder if it should just be called idiot salad. Is idiot salad too on the nose?
ID10T, Idiot Salad? Because it is kind of the same. I don't know. What do you think? Let us know. What are you looking at ID10T.com? Uh, again, at is just the at symbol. It's not at in the email name. That was that was my mistake for thinking I was so fucking clever. What are you looking at ID10T.com? Stay with word salad wrap or just change it to idiot salad? Let's see how this sounds. Uh, now it's time for idiot salad. I don't know. I can't decide. I'll leave it up to you and try to try to remove yourself from it a little bit. Because if you're used to word salad wrap, you might go word salad wrap because I'm used to that. But then try to displace yourself from it and look at them both evenly if you can. And uh, I don't know. Whatever gets the most emails, I guess, will win. Um, but let's talk about... Because uh, then, oh my God, what if no one emails? And then if no one emails, that means no one's listening. And then and then if, if, if no one's listening, then what am I even doing? And then everything's going to go to shit. And it's all going to light on fire. And I'm never going to work again. And I'm like, ah! You've just witnessed a catastrophizing moment. Uh, how many of you in the melee of your day catastrophize because that is what today's whatever rap that we're going to end up calling it is about um i read a fun marcus aurelius quote which said never let the future disturb you you will meet it if you have to with the same weapons of reason which today arm you against the present now i am a i am a a skilled catastrophizer (laughs) i'm real good at it because it is all about trying to prepare yourself. It's it's like disaster preparation. It's a it's a um, a survival mechanism, right? You want to make sure that you're as prepared as possible for any situation. Um, you know, for me, I played a lot of tournament chess when I was growing up, and so it was all about just trying to see every possibility and seeing. Does this possibility either end with the defeat of the other person or them defeating me? And so, uh, you know, as great as chess can be uh, in terms of analytical thinking, there is the over-analytical thinking which uh, (laughs) pays dividends uh, to your anxiety levels. So catastrophizing, it just isn't fucking worth it. Don't do it to yourself. I mean... You know, I'm saying this to me as much as I'm saying this to you, as I feel like I do a lot of things, uh, because we're all students of life, you guys, and uh, I'm sure you've been in a situation where something little triggered some bigger thing, which led to a bigger thing, which led to a bigger fear, which led to a bigger fear, and then ultimately, where it all leads is kind of the same thing, it's like, ah, then it's, we're all, it's all gonna burn, and... Listen, sometimes, yeah, things do, you know, but the number of times that happens is very, 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 very slim. And even if it does, are you really going to be prepared for it if you freaked out about it the whole time? Um, There's a great, I think I saw it on, I don't know, it was on Get Motivated or Our Stoicism or one of these uh, great um, brain type subreddits that I uh, subscribe to that are all about brain health. And, um, uh, it's a Venn diagram and there's a giant circle that says things I worry about. And then there's a much smaller circle about, you know, 10% of that circle that says things that can happen. And then in that, there's a tiny little dot that said things that do happen. And that really resonated with me because, you know, how much of your life could you get back? How much of your mental and emotional health could you get back if you were able to stop yourself from catastrophizing? And I feel like it happens in a series of, I sort of liken it to to like rocket boosters where, you know, you have one sort of negative thought and it's almost like your brain is scanning for the next level of negative thought. You're like, boo, and you zero in on something that's slightly more catastrophic. And then that kind of kicks up the fuel, right? Because it's boosting you out into fucking uh anxiety orbit and so you then that scans and then that finds a slightly uh, more catastrophic one and so on and so on and so on and then you're just kind of in it and it uh, doesn't solve anything and it doesn't really help and so if if in those moments you could just maybe sort of write down um 
you know, uh, here's what I'm feeling. Maybe seeing it from a third person perspective will help you realize like, oh yeah, I think I'm doing that weird thing again. Or if you're able to just sort of brush it off before it jumps two or three levels deep where you, you know, when you get to that first level of, you know, slight catastrophe where you're like, oh, well, if that happens, I guess I'll just figure it out or nothing I can do, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not saying don't be prepared for things in life, but, you know, there is that that section of diminishing returns where you can't be more prepared. You're just torturing yourself. And so I think that's what I'm saying today. And if if you've never even thought that that's a thing you do, but this resonates with you in some way, then just sort of, you know, start do look up catastrophizing and what people do. Um, but don't use that as an excuse to catastrophize. Oh, I never thought of these other more horrible possibilities. Um, in general, you are okay. How about that? In general, you're okay. You've gotten to this point in your life, no matter what you face, no matter what hardships you face, and you're still here. And that's worth something because you are worth something. So um, I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Word Salad or Idiot Salad. Uh, whatever we're going to call it. You can shoot an email to what are you looking at id10t.com. And I hope to see you in New York this weekend, October 3rd, 4th, and 5th at Caroline's. Go to carolines.com for tickets and have a wonderful rest of your time frame in the day, whatever that may be. And I'll see you in your ears real soon. ID10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients, popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.